We've all had to adjust to life with COVID-19. Our school systems have had to adapt with creative and innovative approaches. In each episode, we'll explore a different facet of how Hancock County Public Schools have adapted to meet our students' needs. I'm here with Ginger Estes, Assistant Principal at Hancock County High School. Ms. Estes, could you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your educational background and uh, what you do at Hancock County High School? I am currently the assistant principal, and I will be starting my fourth year when we go back to school. Um, Before that, I taught seventh grade at Davis County Middle School in Owensboro for 12 years. And before that, I was um, an assistant in an emotional behavior disorder self-contained classroom for four years. And then before that, I was active duty Army. So the the focus of each one of these episodes um, that I'm doing this podcast for are centered on how COVID-19 has impacted education, specifically education at Hancock County uh, Public Schools. So in your role as assistant principal at Hancock County High School, um, how has COVID-19 changed what you do? Mm. I was not really part of the decision-making process as much as I was the implementation part of um, our non-traditional instruction that started that first week of, or second week of March. Um, And mostly my role was to ensure that students had, um, those those students that were not, um, that did not have access to digital learning or remote learning, my role was mostly to get hard copies uh, to students, whether that be a copy of the choice boards that the teachers created or initially um, the uh, original packets that were sent to students that weren't weren't able to download. Um, Yeah. So we have around right around 500 students about what percentage or, or what number of our students didn't have access to online resources? Well, originally when, of course, we, we kind of knew that we were going to be out for a couple of weeks anyway. And so our teachers did a really great job of uh, downloading and, and having every student download the original NTI, um, our NTI process for like a snow day. Um, and so the first, I don't know, maybe week, um, just about everybody, there were a handful of kids that didn't have, for whatever the reason, access, whether they had, you know, had a, an iPad taken from them for behavior or, um, you know, couldn't be trusted with those. But um, I think on that first list, I want to say there were only maybe seven or eight students that needed actual hard copies. Um, and then once NTI turned into remote learning, then it... Um, it, I guess our numbers went up to about, we had several parents that requested. Um, so it wasn't as much access as it was easier for parents for some reason to be able to help their students um, with hard copies. And so that number increased probably to maybe 10%, not, not very, no, less than that, probably 8% of our students. Well, that's, that's actually quite a bit smaller than what I would have thought with this being such a rural county. I would have thought we would have had it a much larger percentage than that. So um, what 
do you think were the biggest challenges uh, that we had to face or that you had to face at the high school level um, when we began implementing changes in our procedures? I think uh, the original concern was the relationship with the parents um, and, you know, trying to educate parents as well as students um, and, you know, parents were concerned about their their level of um, education experience with their students. And so, you know, that was that was another role that I had. I, I got to talk to a lot of parents and help um, kind of do some one on one. We had. Um, you know, we had to implement the students that didn't have access, had to have a way to turn in their work without being um, at risk and putting you know our staff at risk by coming in the building. So we had to design um, a way to do that. And all of that was kind of a learning process. So it was trial and error because no one really knew, you know, what the, what the protocols were until we started getting guidance from the CDC and, and who and um, our district leadership. So going back to what you said about the parents contacting you and, and interacting with the parents, were, were the parents generally proactive or reactive? Did, did they contact you kind of up front or was it after they had concerns? It was um, when they realized that they, you know, their students, we had a lot, it kind of was extreme. Um, we had your uh, overachievers <laughs> that wanted to, <laughs> you know, know right away how, you know, clarifications on choice boards and should they, you know, be doing something every day? Was it, you know, something every other day or, you know, they wanted, they wanted some kind of schedule and in their minds, they wanted the same kind of schedule for their student that the student had while in the building. And as you know, education had to change. It didn't look like it was in the building anymore. So um, we had to kind of work through, the design of what home instruction looks like um, and zoom with their teachers and, you know, Google hangouts and Google meet and, you know, virtual learning. Um, But then it got, then it got kind of quiet from the parents perspective. And then right before graduation, it kind of bumped up again with some, um, you know, some, some students that had taken an extended break and, and needed to turn stuff in at the last minute. Yeah, we we had uh, we had a few of those that, uh, <laughs> that procrastinated. Uh-huh. So I I know just from working with you that you're you're very forward thinking, uh, proactive educator. So just reflecting on this and and even going beyond what we may have to do in the fall, what do you think the impact of COVID nineteen and this experience is going to be on education in the long term? I think in the long, in the long, long term, I think it's going to be positive. I think that we're going to see, um, we're going to see some continuous improvement and, and by continuous improvement, I'm, I mean, legitimately improving in a continuous manner. I think that it's going to evolve. I think it's going to change and continue to change like education should. Um, I think that some of the impacts are going to be what, learning looks like how fast the, you know, the pacing, I think that's going to change a little. I think, um, I think the number of standards are going to change. I I think, I think things are going to be a little bit more student driven. 
um, student paced, student, um, you know, being allowing for inquisitiveness and creation. And um, I, I think those project based learning ideas are going to come to fruition. And I think um, I think students are going to be able to be in a position to where they themselves get to change our world. And, and that's kind of where we want education to be, or at least where I want education to be. So just looking at some of the models that we may uh, implement when we go back to school with alternating days, mm-hmm. rem- remote learning, things like that. Do you think any of those will take, um, do you think any of those are going to become more long-term or do you see those just being short-term? Because when I look at that, I look at like the remote learning days. Um, if we do an alternating schedule, uh, that gives our students a lot of flexibility to do more internships and explore career options. Uh, it gives them more time to do that, uh, more time to get work experience, uh, a lot more flexibility in their schedule. Do you think that those are things that will stick around or do you think that uh, once once the pandemic cycles through, do you think we'll get back to the more traditional classroom that, that we've had? I honestly, Wes, want to say that i I think blended learning is going to become somewhat of a norm. I think we're going to find that there's there's a need for classic textbook instruction, and then I think we're going to find a, a pretty heavy need in um, you know our, our current state of you know what what's needed, what what needs to be invented. Um, what's that quote? Mother, the mother of invention. What is it? it Necessity is yeah. the mother of all invention. Yes. yes. Um, and I, I don't think that anybody has invented anything in a long time. So I think that it's time for our kids to be able to sit and contemplate and um, think and problem solve and do the things that we want every citizen to be able to do at some point. Um, but I, 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 to, in order to answer your question, I think that blended learning is going to be very impactful um, for the whole nation, probably for the world. I, I, I certainly hope that's the case. That that really goes along with some conversations that I've had with others, um, particularly Elizabeth Helm, uh, when I interviewed her a few days ago. Uh, but we discussed how education really hasn't changed in the last 100 years. If someone who lived 100 years ago walked into a classroom today, uh, a lot of things would, would look the same. So I, I really... I really do hope that this is kind of a catalyst to change. Um, it, it's definitely forced us to look at uh, how we do things. So I, I hope that some of those changes uh, stick around. I do too. I did. I overheard a conversation. Um, I don't know. It was between a couple of students. It's probably been two or three weeks ago. And they were talking about how cool it would be to have like a Netflix menu of teacher like <laughs> um, classes and, you know, like we do webinars so often and, you know, they don't they don't really get that option. We get to choose what we learn and what we're interested in and they don't really get that either. Um, so it, it was interesting to hear them contemplating what their change changes would be. Um, and I, I think that they might be onto something, you know, I mean, we don't know what's going to be. And we've said that all along. We don't we didn't know what we were teaching them to face because we didn't have any idea what their future problems were going to be. Yeah. So here, here's a big problem. <laughs> and, you know, here we are trying to help solve it. And um, 
I think I think it's super imperative right now to also include stakeholders in the decisions that are being made. I think that it's a wonderful opportunity for everybody to come together because everyone is impacted one way or the other. So I, I think it's I think it's in the long run it's gonna be very positive. I I definitely agree with you. And uh, that the Netflix uh the Netflix comment there, I, I find that kind of interesting. That that kind of goes along with the conversation I was having with a colleague um, a couple weeks ago when we were trying to trying to do lesson planning and thinking about what things may look like in the fall. And my my comment was, since we've been off, I've probably looked at over a hundred YouTube videos on how to do different things. And if we could set up our learning uh, for our students. You know, to do instructional videos on how to solve math problems or how to, uh, for Mr. Jarnett, how to cook different things um, that would permanently be in a library uh, that they could access through the school. Um, I think that that would be extremely beneficial. That way they wouldn't necessarily need us right there beside them. They wouldn't necessarily have to be in the classroom to, uh, to work things through. They could do exactly what I do when I need to work on my vehicle or, mm -hmm. um, or even if, you know, like when, when, like, say we had a red gray day, um, to meet some of the current risk needs, um, you know, and, and you're in a class and you're teaching, um, I don't know, you're, you all are reading the great Gatsby. And so you have a really great conversation and I think that it should be re recorded because the students on gray day won't get to experience it if they're not, if they're not in yeah. there. And so I feel like video is definitely a, a way to go at least for short, short term. Um, but I do like the idea of, you know, being able to go through like a Netflix menu and, Oh, they're talking about the great Gatsby. I'm going to click in here and see what's happening. Maybe it's live. Maybe it's, you know, what they're interested in. Yeah. I, I think that that would be very, very student centered. I mean, it would, it would give them so much more flexibility. Uh, in their learning. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I wanted to finish on a positive note. What do you see as being the most positive or a few of the most significant positive things that have or will come out of this experience with COVID-19? I think it's really given teachers insight into the home lives of students. Um, and while those might always not be positive, um, I think it's a positive um, reaction to what, you know, where students are. And I think we've seen a lot of people uh, meet students where they're at instead of expect students to meet them. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. I think our, our teachers and staff do a, a really great job of meeting our students. But I think sometimes, you know, like everything else, we need to be reminded of where students are um, emotionally, physically, you know, cognitively. Those, those things are all one entity, <laughs> a lot of ease there. Um, but I, I think that that's probably the most positive. I think the relationships that have been built even through virtual have been stellar. I, I definitely think our staff have taken a what could have potentially potentially been a very negative thing and and put a positive spin on it because I've seen a lot of what you're talking about there exactly uh, with the teachers that I co-teach with 
um, and in my special ed department in the English department. Mm-hmm. So I have too. I'm, and I'm so, I'm so very proud of that. And I, I think that our students, <clears throat> you know, I mean, even right down to the graduation, like we're just, uh, initially we were ahead of the game with NTI because not a lot of the districts around us participated in that even before remote learning. Um, so I feel like, you know, we kind of had a jump on that. So we could focus on things that were more important, like relationships and, you know, student needs and feeding them and making sure that families had what they needed. And, you know, I think we we were already a pillar of the community, but I feel like our, um, the education system really stepped up and, and was, you know, pretty solid. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Well, Miss Estes, I want to, want to thank you for, um, participating in this interview with me and uh i will see you tomorrow with our uh pd yes sir i'll see you then all right Bye. bye